Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast Hall of Fame Bites, number three. Number three. Number three. I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. How are you doing, Howdy Quinn? Howdy doody. Howdy doody to you. We're here, of course, to celebrate the 2017 Hall of Fame inductees, are we not? We are. That's what we're we here for. We are here for that. We're here for that. We have done two so far. This is week number three of these bites. Bits. and Yeah, bits, bites, you can call them. Bits. Before we get to our bits of the day, I do want to remind you folks of a few things. Uh, number A is that oh. hey. <laughs> we have tomorrow, believe it or not, is our WrestleMania special. Right. And that'll be with the one and only Netcop himself. The Scooter. The Scooter, Scott Keith. Per- Scooty. Perhaps you're watching this from his blog. He's been very kind to post these yeah, for us. Yeah, he's been very kind. I, I've been appreciating that. How yeah, about me that? too. Very nice of him. Yeah. I appreciate that. Of course, check out our normal podcast, OVP Podcast, right, you know, right. our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast, where we talk about the older wrestling. Yeah, the older kind. Not not too much of what typically goes on now. Right. And Quinn, they can find that at a lot of places. You want to explain real oh, quick? Yeah, yeah, you can find it at tons of locales, such as iTunes, Yes, uh, where you can leave a review. There's Google Play Music. That's right, yeah. There's the Stitcher. There is. There's the uh, Blueberry. Yeah, there's Blueberry. (laughs) There is the FM.Player. Who cares? Player.FM, I believe that is. Whatever. No one really cares. (laughs) No. Tune in. Tune in. We got all the the places. And, of course, the place to be. The place to be nation has picked us up uh, these last two seasons of our vantage point. We're very happy about that. Yes, we are. And we look forward to continued seasons with the place to be nation. So, Quinn, let's get right down to brass tacks here, so okay. to speak. We have two more inductees to talk about. Yes, we do. The first one we're going to hit up today is the Warrior Award. Ooh, and yeah. yeah. And I know you have some things to say about this. Yes, I do. So I'll let you do that because I I, I think your, your insight to this, we've talked about it off the show, is... Um, it's valid. It is. But what I want to do first is just explain. It's Eric Legrand. Right. He was a college football player. And believe it or not, coincidentally, he was from right down the road, literally, uh, from where we live. He was from he was. He's from Avenel, New Jersey, and he played for Rutgers University in yeah. New Brunswick, 10 minutes from us. Right. And back in 2010, he was paralyzed in a game. And his story is actually an incredible story and truly an inspiring story. It is. It, I I fully agree with you. It is very much an inspiring story. It is. He has persevered. He is determined to walk, to regain mobility. The diagnosis or the prognosis was not good. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a truly inspiring thing. Um, and it's a great example of not letting a tragic injury or th- something like that, you know, ruin your life. And for that, truly commendable. Right. And absolutely uh, an inspiration. So nothing but respect there. And I, I want to make it very clear that Quinn and I are have no issue with him no, whatsoever. Not, not at all. I, I'm happy for him. Absolutely. And there's absolutely no disrespect intended here. However... Quinn, I know you have issue, not with him, 
I do not have issue with Eric LeBron. With the WWE in this case, and I'd like you to speak on that, please. I have an issue with the WWE here because, and I think you agree with me. Um, I do. This award, um, for better or for worse, was not intended for this. Right, folks. The the Warrior Award, I mean, they've named it that. What the Ultimate Warrior said when he was inducted. I actually have the transcript if you want to know. You know if what? you want to start there. Why don't you why don't you read the Warrior's idea, okay, for this award. This was the day he was inducted, two days, I think, before three days before this he died. Is, uh yeah, two or three days before he passed away. Why don't you read that, Quinn? Um the Warrior had said this about his vision for the award. He had said, I want to thank the superstars that you never see. To make this no, and this is a this is a transcript, so yeah. just to butt in, but I'm going to read it from here. It's not a new gimmick, the Invisible Man or anything. I'm talking about all the people behind the scenes here that work for the WWE, some of them for years, 25, 30 years. They are the superstars that make this happen. Applause. They really are. The ring guys who back in the day would go, would get to the building, set up the ring, tear it down, drive all night. Go to the next town, get a couple of hours of sleep, grab a cheeseburger, a couple of Coca-Colas, go back to another arena, set the ring up again right before the matches, take a shower, and then come and ask me or other guys, can I get you anything? Or is there anything I can get you, man? I'll never forget those guys. In fact, when I think about the Hall of Fame, I think about honoring people that make the company work. The 30th WrestleMania tomorrow, the 30th WrestleMania, that's awesome. I was at four. That was the first WrestleMania I was in. And I said the other day in, at the office, everybody, I said, you know, at WrestleMania 30, if you're already working on 31 and you can damn sure bet WrestleMania 75 is going to ha- happen when the founder and the creator of the company still isn't even around anymore. Well, I better take that back. Vince says he's going to live forever. Laughter. It's true. But, but, yeah, but to be dedicated and have that thing come this far, I think it would be appropriate to have a category in the Hall of Fame where you honor these people. And I would suggest every year you take one. And I would like it. My suggestion for the name would be the Jimmy Miranda Award. Jimmy Miranda was a guy in the beginning before he could get merchandise all over the world. He used to drive a car and truck with a trailer and show up to the building, set up a table and sell T-shirts and posters and pictures. And he always had an awesome attitude. So next year, I want there to be a Jimmy Miranda Award. And that was what he said. So that was the Warrior's idea. Now, Mm -hmm. that said, um, the Ultimate Warrior died three days after this speech. Yes, he did. And in typical WWE fashion, and look, I don't like to accuse them of malintent, but they have proven themselves to have plenty of it (laughs) over the last 30-something years. Yes, they have. That they name it the Warrior Award. Yes, they do. And they used that, in my opinion anyway, as a springboard into what we have now. Right. Yes, they did. Quinn, your issues with this, please. My issue with it is not only is this, this, this man died, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But he had very specific wishes that were on national television. I I think it was on USA Network. Either way, it was on some kind of format where people could see it. Yes. The fact that I have a transcript to read off the interweb of what he actually said, you know, proves the point. Right. This was not intended to be the the WWF charity award. Or PR PR, award. yeah, Yeah, like whatever they want to call it. Um, it was intended to be for people who worked for them that, you know, were unspoken that you'd never heard of. 
Correct. Right? The guy's and setting up the ring, like they the said. The guy's setting up the ring. Sure. The guy's cleaning up uh-huh. the, you know. The ring boys, yeah. so to speak. Any, you know, any those guys that just would help them out. Sure. You know? Yep. It was not really intended for, um, you know, very famous cases, you know, where there's, you know, disabilities or, right. um, you know, diseases or anything like that. And that's not to say that there shouldn't be an award for that. I, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Exactly. I don't think it's it's right that you do it in the warrior's name who didn't really ask for this. The question is, what would they have called this award? If the warrior hadn't died, or would they have this award? Right. If the warrior hadn't died, I and agree. That's the thing. I th- that's the the impetus here. I think for our slight objections, perhaps to not Eric Legrand, nothing not, against him, not Joan London last year. Yeah, definitely not Connor. No, definitely not Connor. And you know what? The Connor thing I thought was going to be a one off initially. Yeah. I thought that was you know it was a fan, so that makes sense. Not seen um, a fan with a disease and he was young and it was sad. Yep. And I had no problem with that. But then we did the Joan London last year, right? Yep. And now Joan London is a famous celebrity. She was on Good Morning America in the 90s. Yeah, famous to famous to people that watch Good Morning America. I mean, which is me and Quinn. On, yeah, but she was on <laughs> she was on national television in the 90s yes, she in a was. very prominent role with Charles Gibson. Yeah, it's not like it, it wasn't like she was not known. Correct. So like I that was a little cutting it close because I knew she had appeared on the WWE. Which um, I didn't know. Yeah, she when they were doing the Susan Coleman. So I was like, okay, I'll accept this. But right. I, I, I thought that was like the line. The problem with Eric Legrand is that he was never, ever involved with them ever, to my knowledge. I don't know of it. Um he may have been maybe off off camera in charities. I don't know. Sure. But, um, oh, he was definitely did cha- uh, involved with charities. I don't know about WWE specifically. Right. Exactly. And they have not made this clear. I, I haven't seen any on WWE's website about any of his involvement with the company prior. Right. So I'm I'm at a loss for why Eric Legrand, and not not at a loss for is he deserving? Sure. I'm sure. at a loss of why would they pick him well if you want to take the benefit of the doubt approach Mm -hmm. it's that they're simply honoring a man i can't say it with a straight face that they're honoring a man you know and and again his story like i said at the outset of this is a legitimately a tragic i mean it sucked but yeah it's inspiring it's inspiring it's a great story and he is someone that should be honored Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. So if you want to put the positive outlook on it, they're doing a good thing. Truly what I believe, and I think you do too, Michael, Mm -hmm. is that they are attaching the warrior's name and and exploiting it. And yeah, and oh yeah. Exploiting his name because they're like, you know, it this award is for people that have overcome adversity and in the spirit of the warrior, which, yeah, well, say what you will about Jim Hellwig. The warrior didn't have cancer, no, the warrior wasn't paralyzed, the warrior died probably from using drugs over a long period of time. I I don't even want to say, like, that's what they're... It's because the Warrior had talked about a award and said for the unnoticed or something like that, and they grabbed onto one... They took at what he said out of context, really. And that's what grinds your gears. Yes. Is that right? It's that I I want people in to get this award that you've never heard of. That's kind of the point, right? It's like... 
It's That's, for the unnoticed. Again, that was his idea. What they have basically done is, since he died, you know, they're like, well, this is for him, this award. Mm-hmm. It's named after him. I and think, then there's a wife's involved, too. Yeah. I think they should do the Miranda Award. I I agree. I think... And do the Warrior Award. Exactly. That's I think the perfect solution would really truly be to, you know, they... They're kind of in a position where they can't remove the Warrior Award now because should they? they've, they've decided that it's for this. Fine. Uh, however, they he did he did also he gave them an out if you think about it by saying this by saying the Jimmy Miranda Award. He did. All they have to do is bring, bring a Jimmy award Miranda Award next year. I had said to you, do they risk if they keep giving the Warrior Award like this and the fans wrestling fans don't forget? I I know you're out there. I know you don't forget. Um. They're going to know every single year when this isn't given to what the warrior had had specifically outlined here. Um, and we know how those crowds are. We do. But Quinn, to, to play devil's advocate, here, I, I didn't get to finish my thought, though. Sorry, go ahead. What what's going to happen the year when these fans are disrespectful? Because I'm I know I'm 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 putting out a what if and yeah. maybe it won't happen. Right. But I don't have a lot of faith that <laughs> that those fans won't be disrespectful at some point. That's all. In theory, you're right. Yeah. My question, though, to play devil's advocate here, is how many people really care about this enough to even discuss it? I think people care about it enough because every year when this has happened since the Joan London thing. Mm-hmm. That's two years. Yeah, it's two years, but okay. this is now two years in a row where everyone has just yelled and screamed on the internet, this is not what this was for, This was look at the transcript, blah, right. blah, blah. Like, if you're, you're just going to keep having this question over and over and over again, and it's going to keep building on itself as the years go by and then at some point it's going to become some trendy thing on some you know blog that's popular somewhere and there's going to be some big article about it i mean it's it's inevitable like you know what i mean you think it was stephanie's idea i do think it was stephanie's idea i think it sounds like well she had a tweet out there that said pr or philanthropy is the new uh marketing so that should that should that should tell you it does. I mean, that, that kind of sums up, I think, our thoughts on this. I, yeah. Again, and please, I want to make this clear. This is not at all an issue with Eric Legrand. No, absolutely not. In fact, he had even said, um, you know, I was, was surprised. surprised yeah. And I, I'm surprised, too. We're all surprised, and I think. It would be great having him there. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm like 100% okay with this, and I'm excited to hear from him. He'll sure. probably be really exp- inspiring. Be a great and, speech. Great speech, yeah. And I got, again, a guy deserving Very of deserving. honor. A guy deserving of respect. But we always talk about the Hall of Fame with criteria, right? We, yes. That's the whole point of this Coco line thing, this right? This is a publicity grab opportunity. Yeah. It, plain and simple. Right. Is what this award and has it, become. It, it's gotten... I'm just, I find it a little gross at this point. I understand uh, why, I, Quinn. Because I, I, I don't, I feel like they're not respecting, they're, they're, on one hand, they're respecting um, a place, you know, diseases and, sure. and, and disabilities. That's great. Mm-hmm. But on the, on the other hand, with the same award, they've stained it almost with this, we know what he said. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all. It's their company. It's yeah. their prerogative to do as they please. You want to move on to some retro wrestling inductees, yes. though? But, yeah, we've covered Legrand now. We um, have covered Legrand. Again, de- like we said, deserving just, Absolutely. It, just, you know, with that caveat there of... Which is a gripe with the WWE, with the gripe not with, with ex- him. Yeah, exclusively a gripe with the WWE. So, so 
With that said, Quinn, I think it's time to uh, talk about our next inductee. This music here will tell the story. Always a fan of this music. Ravishing Rick Rude, folks, is our next inductee. And man, it's about damn time Rude's in the Hall of Fame, huh? It is about time. I was getting worried. Uh, I was getting as we, worried as we too. got closer here that <laughs> he wouldn't be in. I totally agree. He is a great, great classic character from the eighties oh, and nineties. Yeah. He's probably one of the greatest heels to ever exist. You know, you've yeah. said that, and that, like, and that might be true. He had a great shtick that he would do on the mic. Mm. What oh. I like to have right now. Here it is. Is for all you fat. Ugly inner city sweat hogs. Right, there it is. Keep the noise down while I take my robe off and show the ladies what a real sexy man looks like. <laughs> it's awesome. So, Ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah, you were saying, Quinn, one of the greatest. I mean, he was a great heel. We discussed that in one of our episodes. I'll tell you why. Because I, what I think makes him a great heel is that he can... He can segment an audience to yes. love him and hate him. He's got every whim- woman yeah. in the audience. He He's a good-looking dude, right? Like, yeah. He's got a good body, and of course women are going to clamor for sure. him, right? Yeah. But on the other hand, every dude is in the audience, and they're watching their wives or their girlfriends drooling over this guy. Right. And they can't stand him. Like, Sure, absolutely. It's, it's perfect. And he played it to a T. And I'm sure... There was other characters in the history of wrestling just like this, but he nobody had the charisma to pull it off like he had. He was awesome at it. We won't do a whole, you know, career retrospective. We don't have the time. Um, but Rude made his mark, you know, his first big impact in the WWF in 1987. He came in. All right. And by 88, you know, he was managed by Bobby Heenan, of course, and one of the Perfect, crown, one of, of the crown jewels. That's how you know it's gonna be good, yeah, right? One of the crown jewels of the Heenan family. Mm-hmm. His obvious uh, big gimmick was to be this, you know, like Quinn described, this ladies' man. And yeah. he would do this thing called the rude awakening, not the finishing move. Right. Um, but well, that was his finisher. That was his However, finisher. But yes. he would also grab or have Heenan grab a girl right. from the audience after his squash matches. He'd kiss him one time. But he would always kiss them all the way down yeah. to the ground. Yes. And then he would do his signature swiveling yeah. of the hips over them, which was kind of. You risque know, risque for 1988 or yeah, whatever sure. yeah like that's that's not normal to see a man uh shimmy his hips above a woman's face I basically know. no it's true on national television <laughs> he had a couple of notable feuds his first one uh was with jake robertson it happened right. to be cheryl roberts was one of the rude awakening I think uh, that, attempts yeah and i think that that played that was kind of what the rude awakening was designed to play into right that was the end game of it was that one day he was going to pick the wrong woman and he did and he he picked one of the wrestlers wives set off a good few at roberts and of course eventually he notably defeated the ultimate warrior for the ic title at wrestlemania 5 yes another fantastic storyline you know heenan's endless battle to stop the ultimate warrior and it gave me such great pride that that of all people to do it was ravishing rick rude heenan's first title to me 
it cemented Rude as a threat for the rest of his career, beating the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania. That was a big deal. That gave him some huge credibility. Right. Not only that, their rematch at SummerSlam 89 where Warrior good. won the title back. Really good, right? Yeah, good really. Heat. The great match. Actually, I find it better than the WrestleMania Definitely. 5 match. Because the WrestleMania 5 match is more the, start, the, the, the starting point of why should he hate Rude right. other than Bobby the, the body, And the bodybuilding thing. Yeah. But like, who cared? That wasn't really cutting it right no, but then once you got once you get this he got a cheap win in yeah. over him and but he did pull it off like usually the warrior would kick out of something stupid like right. that but i don't know i guess rick rude was good at pinning or something <laughs> he could pin him down he did he only needed a little extra leverage to beat the ultimate warrior that's right and then quinn if you recall in 1990 he cut his hair yes and i thought it was interesting because i think it was a signature. It was risky, if you think if you think about it. It was because Rude's signature was that, you know, mullety pompadour thing perm. But I mean, it made him it made him hateable even more. His right? His hair was, was like obnoxiously like his hair was yeah. obnoxious by design, yes. right? So it, but it kind of made him in a weird way. He he took one like you know sleazy kind of sexy guy style and then he put another one on in looking like tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. yeah so like it, it worked it worked like, I, I was always disappointed quinn with how and i know it was contractual disputes and stuff but storyline wise with how he just vanished from tv because jack tunney suspended him for, for making comments about big boss man's mother it sucks that was a stupid way to write him off they could have wrote him off in any other way i know that, that right? was just really dumb that was a really dumb way but however um he yeah. did i think he left although he left and it diminished his career as far as his exposure i will say yeah in his prime well yeah wwf in 90 however was very exposed um, yeah if he had not left, a guy of his caliber probably would have never made it to the main event and a world title. In WWF. Right. No, I, I, I agree think it was you. the right decision for his career. However, Absolutely. it was not it was not gonna elevate him to the position pr- and prominence, perhaps, that he deserved. I agree with you. Um, um he obviously then stormed into WCW about a year later because he had to write out his yeah. contract. And he didn't win the world title, I don't think absolutely immediately no. but pretty quick yeah and he had it he beat rick flair he beat rick flair he uh had some great feuds there he had a great feud with ricky steamboat or a great match i guess at least i, I should he had say a series with of matches steamboat. with yep. steamboat yeah he had a feud with flair he feuded with sting very notably yeah. with Sting. i mean he was just you could say he feuded with everyone on the top and he was also part of the dangerous alliance cornerstone of the dangerous alliance he was he was the he was the the main guy he was yeah like if hogan was the main guy of the nwo in wcw and flair then, was the main guy of the horseman he was the main guy of the dangerous, dangerous alliance. alliance with steve austin right. and bobby eaton and Medusa. exactly and uh unfortunately again you know just the the abrupt endings beyond his control well, this would this entailed his injury in and the lords of london lloyd's, lloyd's. Of Lo- i always call it lords your lordship <laughs> yeah lloyd's of london oh, contract <laughs> he, he had some kind of insurance policy he did where he would I mean, those Lloyd's contracts, they 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 paid them out, right? Like he was getting like a salary almost from Lloyd's. Kurt Hennig had the same one. I think you should actually. Can you just briefly touch on the Lloyd's a little bit more? Because it's just an interesting thing. I always found. Yeah. From what I know about, you know, Lloyd's of London was a company that was probably most famous for insuring Mary Hart's legs in the (laughs) 80s. Mary Hart, yeah. you know, not related yeah. to Jimmy Hart, as she says at WrestleMania I don't know 3. if that Mary Hart needed insured legs. But she had okay. great legs. Not with that smock she's wearing well, at that's WrestleMania the, 3. That's the only time I ever remember seeing her legs, so. Anyway, so uh, they offered him wrestlers. And Lloyds of London, of course, believing, oh, well, it's not, you know, a real sport. How right. many injuries can there be? <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Uh, some wrestlers collected, notably Kurt Hennig and mm-hmm. Rick Rude. Right. The Minneapolis but the, boys. But the provision was is if they got hurt, they could not wrestle. Right. They couldn't wrestle. They couldn't collect. Because the, you couldn't collect your policy. Right. Which is why you'd see guys like Henning sit out for years. And it was, you know? it was enough to make them sit out. Let's oh, put hell it yeah. It was, they, to I, not from, work? To not do that from shit? From my understanding, it was like, these were like millions of dollar policies, right? Huge like these, policies. Yeah, these were huge. And all they had to do was if they had got an injury, they could just sit out and Do whatever collect. they wanted. Yeah. Do anything else they wanted except beat their body up. Right. You know? So it made sense. Um, um of course I'm pretty sure Lloyd's doesn't do that anymore they because they realize that uh yeah. wrestling is a risky business yes, as far as uh injuries is concerned. It definitely is. So Rude's next big appearance, he storms back into the WWF in ninety seven as right. Shawn Michaels, ironically, and I think it was intentional insurance policy right no that was totally the the intention i I was almost positive of it and he had the briefcase and Mm -hmm. the suit yes and he barely talked he would occasionally talk what i found interesting about him in that role is the 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 broad shouldered suits they put him in he looked way bigger than i remembered him looking yeah he looked awesome he looked like he could beat the crap out of you and he never wrestled yes he never he He didn't have to though he was very threatening it was a great little gimmick yeah and it really helped with sean because he came first with just sean right and then as dx started the form he just became part of dx it's my understanding that around this time he was training to get his body back into shape to wrestle again is that true i think he was i mean i know he was by 98 99 okay um i also know this around this same time while he was dx's bodyguard or or whatever you want to call him he was also appearing um in ecw right and he was kind of just there to to be there you know it wasn't like they did he do commentary i want to say he did he did some commentary he also screwed with i want to say shane douglas i can't remember off the top of my head right right maybe it was tommy dreamer i don't remember shane douglas seems like a good foil for ravishing rick rude because it's the same kind of arrogant asshole character yeah and then of course probably one thing he's very well remembered for in his post-wrestling career is he storms out of the WWF the day after Montreal. Yep, and he somehow appeared on Raw and Nitro on the same night. Yeah. And so, that, that's a great... I always... I love that. And of course it's rude. Of course. It, it, it's great that it, it's him. That He should be the guy. <laughs> it, it sh- he should have been if anyone's going to do that. Yeah. Not only that, apparently he also appeared on ECW Hardcore TV that same weekend. Oh, that was that's taped, it, you know. Yeah, that's just silly. But yeah. And I'm sure that's ECW probably moving the tapings around. Yeah, that probably. The can. Like, <laughs> just to make just it happen. Paul just being stupid. <laughs> yeah. Now, his last, you know, notable appearance uh, was in the NWO. Yeah. 98. He, I mean, he kind of was doing the same thing, but it just, you know, in the NWO, yeah. when it works when you're just with Shawn Michaels, but when you're with 300 guys, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, like, it, it was sad. And yeah, it was not, you know, unfortunately, WCW was so overcrowded anyway as a promotion yeah. with talent in a good way. But they didn't need a enforcer bodyguard no. for the NWO. No. Why did they need an enforcer bodyguard? They're they're yeah. a freaking like mob. Yeah, it was just a guy that stood around and didn't do anything. Right. So it was kind of a waste. He died in 99. I want to say April. And I, that's when I, I've heard he was training at that point. Yeah. Um, and that would have been great to see him back in the ring. He was only 40 or 41. He wasn't yeah, he was, old. He probably, know, he, was, he probably could have wrestled for five to seven years had he had he completed his training and come back. Possibly. I, I'm, I'm telling you. I mean, 40. Like, 40 in wrestling. Like, it's not that it's old. It's not that old. You're right. It's, and especially for a guy like Rude, who was 
always in impeccable shape. Sure. I really think he could have gone for five to seven years easy. He would have, you know, know. he might have had a nice retirement at a WrestleMania because that he would have. I'm saying his career would have lasted until, right? You and know, like the they the, were doing shit like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Quinn, uh, maybe WrestleMania 24 in theory or something sure. like that. Wrestle yeah. 24. Wrestle 24. Um, to to give our final thoughts here before we wrap up. I mean, overall, as a kid, I didn't appreciate him the way I can now. No, I think the character makes a lot more sense as an adult. Yeah, you get you you understand like, yeah, this guy's a jerk. He's like, a jerk, and it's all about sex appeal, right? And though he was a good talker, he was. It was. It was. It's interesting that he always had managers because he didn't really need it. No, he was a good talker. And one last thing, yeah, he could always, when it was necessary, he could show that he could get physical, even yeah. though he had this sexy guy character, right? You know, I remember him attacking some people. I think it was Piper he, and Prime Piper. Time. Yeah, sure, Prime that was Time. great. And he could he could turn on the serious face and, yeah. and be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I know. Whoa!" And, and he was yeah. even better at that in WCW. Right. Honestly, he was much more serious. Would yeah. you Would you think of him in the ring before we close here? I thought he was a great worker. To be honest with you, I recently watched um, the Rick Rude Ultimate Warrior Cage Match from SummerSlam. What'd you think of that? That's okay. I actually, right? you know what? I hadn't seen it in many years. And anytime I had watched it before is my tape was all messed up. Mm-hmm. And when I got to watch the whole it's thing. From me. Yeah, I, yeah, it was from you. <laughs> uh, I actually thought that match held up way better than I thought. It really? felt like a great, it felt like a great fun MSG house show cage match. Okay. In, in a more traditional sense. I know what you mean. The, and the late 80s let me put MSG it, House Showcase let match, me, yeah. Let me put it to you this way. It had me, even though I knew that he lost, it had me wanting him to get out of the like he right. he was good at like making it seem like he could possibly win I got and you. that's all you can ask for really in a good, good heel point. like that in good that point. time and i thought that that to me that was another example of just like he really was good in the ring he was good in the he ring. he had a different style it wasn't like he was like a he, he could technically wrestle like yeah. but he wasn't really about that it was more about putting over the 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 struggle and the fight and the yeah it was technique technique it wasn't strictly power and it wasn't strictly technical yeah it was just his t- he was more about like technique and the fight and it was it was yeah. cool style yeah overall yeah i mean great addition to the hall of fame totally deserving yeah years ago he should have been and he's that good world champion uh wwf intercontinental champion right notable personality notable gimmick influential gimmick uh there, spans across some eras spans across some eras definitely yeah, yeah. he crossed into the attitude era right. into the monday night wars era right. and there wouldn't be guys not that this is a huge legacy but there wouldn't be guys like val venus without him and no. probably a bunch of other things yeah i'm sure there's there's definitely characters to be said that they took inspiration from rude and i and he's just a good example of if you want a a good guy to look to as far as how to antagonize a crowd, yep. Rick Rude is your man. He was great at it. And folks, that will do it for our Hall of Fame Bites number three. Yes. Just want to remind you, check us out with the net cop, the scooter himself tomorrow. Scooter. We'll be talking about WrestleMania's past and present. Yeah. I think we we'll, we'll, might hit upon this year's WrestleMania. We may. I don't know. Check us out, of course, on iTunes and um, mainly iTunes. But you can also go to <laughs> Stitcher. You can go to Google Play Music. Yeah, we're on everything. Blueberry, all that crap. And Twitter, I didn't mention at OVP Podcast and our website OVPPodcast.com Check us out. We would love to hear from you. Until tomorrow, this is our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Have yourselves a great rest of your day. See ya.